You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Good morning, everyone. There we go. Good morning. Uh, We have like a a living room setting right now. This is kind of fun. I can look at each of you while I'm talking today. Um, I am Trish. I get to be the kids pastor here, and I am talking to the big kids. I told told the kids, I get to talk to the big kids today. Um, How many of you would identify yourself as a kid still sometimes at heart? Awesome. Uh, It's mostly men that raise their hands. (laughs) Does that ring true in your family? I love it. Well, it's good to be back. Um, I just went on vacation, and there were 22 of us on vacation, a big family. Um, How many of you have a planned or already been on your big family vacation? Uh, How many people? A good chunk? Nine? All right, anybody else? Get in the beach house, like 16 people. It's super fun, super chaotic, but super fun because you have these people who get up early and then these people who don't wake up until noon. Uh, these people will eat everything under the sun. These people are gluten-free, vegan, da, 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 da. Like, right, it's, you're, you're colliding so many different schedules and family lives, and it's just so much fun. And let me tell you, we are on the third week of our uh, series, Don't Drink the Poison, when you get that many people together, there is opportunity for offense. <laughs> and that's kind of what we've been talking about the last three weeks. So let's see who we got in the room. Um, who's been on vacation just like me? So who is this? There, this is your first time here in the Don't Drink the Poison series. Because we're going to kind of recap for you. It's okay. It's okay to raise your hand for that. Uh, second time. Third time. Who's been here for all three? Gold stars. Gold stars. Well, we'll do a little bit of recapping so that If you are just joining us, you won't be lost, okay? So we're talking about don't drink the poison. So what we've learned so far is that because of the fall of humanity and because none of us are perfect, there is this beautiful thing we call relationship. Beautiful thing that God has given us. Such a sweet gift uh, that God chose to be in relationship with us. And then he made other people for us to be in relationship with. And they live in our house. They... um, serve us as a community server. We see them at church, at schools, at, in the grocery store. And, and then there's this also not so beautiful side about relationships get messy. So, um, because we can find offense in things because of the imperfectness. So, in, and it starts really young, at a young age. I don't know if you have kids or if you've taught kids you may know this thing called tattletaling. <laughs> My first grade teacher did. So she was used to it. She knew that it was coming, but she had a good fix for this. So I don't know, some of you may remember um, a little tape recorder, like with the tape with the holes in it. Do you guys remember the tapes? Okay. Some of you probably remember something before me, but like eight tracks. I think I know what those things are. Um, but the tape player was a little recorder in the back table in the corner of the room. And it was the tattletale. And you tell your tale and you let the teacher know because she, my poor first grade teacher, she was all done. <laughs> so she, she came up with this. She's like, okay, you go over here, push play, and you tell the recorder exactly what happened. Tell your tale. So I had this boy in first grade that was just a gross little boy and he was just so mean. And I even remember his name is Sean. Do you remember somebody's name from way back in the day? You're like, that's ridiculous that I remember that. But Sean was just this little boy, and he had just pushed my buttons, and he had just gone to the extreme max, and I was done with it. So I pushed play, and I let Mrs. McArthur know 
that little Sean would not stop sticking his tongue out at me. <laughs> and to me, at first grade me, thought that was such a big offense. I had to tell her. And I'm sure she dealt with those kinds of things like daily. And that's why that recorder was there. Um, I don't think he was uh, tried and, and persecuted or anything like that. But it seems silly. And I hope you laughed at least a little bit. I saw some smiles. Um, but sometimes we can take offenses, silly, small, huge ones, and we can hold on to them. We'd be like, oh. Well, this person really offends me every time I see them. Or they did this like on Tuesday, March 16th of 1982, and I still remember the day. And we hold on to them, and it starts so young. And they, they build on each other. So what we've learned about offense, because we're going to recap here. Uh, week one, Pastor Nick, I love one of the things that he said. He said, offense is something worth having for relationship." Love it, because that fallenness, it, there's going to be offense there. But it's something that's worth having for the beauty of relationship. So how do we respond if this is going to be a thing? Because I don't know if you've been on social media lately, but you can be offended in two seconds by opening that thing. Um, so how do we respond when we have this opportunity to be offended? Because it, it didn't happen on the way here or this morning. It may happen today or this week. So what do we do? Um, because yes, we have the opportunity uh, to be offended. So how will we respond? And then, so that was the first week. And then Pastor David came and talked about what we do with that. Um, so first, let's, he said, let's take a look at what the word offended means. And so offended is when you get annoyed or when you get hurt by something perceived that someone did to you or said to you. And I love that he said the word perceived, and it's a quick Google search, so I'll tell you that word perceived, because most of the time, 98, I'm making up a statistic, 98% of the time, someone's not going to say, man, I just really want to offend Joy today. So I'm going to think of all the offensive things to say. No, that's not what somebody goes out to say. Most of the people. Um, but there's a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, um, something happened that morning before, and then we have an offense. So what do we get to do with that? Um, and, and Pastor David talked about pouring out the poison. Um, and they showed a clip last week from Princess Bride. Anybody ever watch that? It's a fun movie. If you go watch that on, as homework, it's a fun one. Um, so pouring out the poison and what that looks like, choosing the power of forgiveness. And so here we are, don't drink the poison part three. We get to put a little bow on it, but as you will see, it's never finished. The opportunity of forgiveness is never finished. So if a person does something that has the potential to offend us, and we should cross out that word if and put when, when a, per when, when a person does something that has the potential to offend us, God holds us responsible for whether or not the offense takes root in our minds. We can let it sink into our souls and take root, or we can choose to, are you ready? Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to get you in my head. Um, I was singing that all this weekend. Uh, so let it go. And that is way easier said than done, especially if this just isn't some little thing of, well, little Tommy stuck his tongue out at me. Because there's some real serious hurts. And we have to deal with those. So let's, let's figure out how to deal with those. Um, God will hold others responsible for their behavior. Do I have any people, there's the, 
There's the, oh, it's okay, it's all right. And then there's the justice seekers. I have any justice seekers in the room where you're like, I would like to be the judge, prosecutor, and I will just write you up. I will give you your punishment. Here you go. <laughs> so I saw a couple people. Are you the oldest sibling? Are you the oldest of the group? No. Wow. Oldest over there? Okay. So a lot of us tend to be the older ones that are like, I shall judge you. Give you your punishment and everything. Um, so God will judge them. I know it's hard for us sometimes because we want, we know what their punishment should be. We know um, that they should get this and this and this because they were super horrible and that was just unforgivable. But then for us, we want mercies. <laughs> God will hold us responsible for what we allow to go on inside our minds and our hearts. So let's take a look at Hebrews 12, 15. It says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no one misses grace. We sang, us, uh, we sang a line in that song that said new mercies. Yeah, new mercies aren't just for us. They're for everybody. And we have to be the givers of that just as God is for us. Because when we allow the poison to sink in, we also spread it to others. And then it goes out and goes out. Have you ever taken offense for someone else and they weren't even offended? I've totally done that. Where you're like, oh, well, that person did that to you? Well, that's just crazy. You should, you should do something about that. And they're like, Trish, calm down. It's not a big deal. <laughs> we can take other people's offenses and hold on to them. But that's not what God wants us to do today. So we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible that it, it just seems so beautiful so beautiful, such a pretty story, and, and we love the implications of it, and I know that if you've been in the church for more than five years, you've probably heard of it, um, so open up your Bibles or look on the screens to Luke 15, 25 to 32 is where we're going to end, but I'm going to start in verse 11, and it is the parable of the lost son. Raise both hands if you've, if you've heard this one. Yay, awesome. So uh, this one is a beautiful, beautiful story. But we're also, so we're going to read it the beautiful way. Then we're going to look at the end to see a couple different perspectives this morning. So I'm going to start at 11. And what you need to know that while this is going on, um, it's the parable of the lost son. There were also a couple other parables. Parables are just stories that Jesus told. So Jesus came to earth, flesh and bone, um, skin, did the whole people thing, but didn't sin. Um, and he would go and tell people stories. He would teach, he would heal. And the Pharisees, the church rulers, guess what? They got offended. Boom, boom, boom. And they took this offense because Jesus wasn't just sitting with churchgoers. Mm -mm. He wasn't just sharing meals with people who knew about God, who, who went to the synagogue every Sunday and, and wore their clothes just right and, and acted just right and said the right things. No, Jesus came for everyone. And so who was he sitting with? Who was he talking to? Sinners, um, tax collectors, you know, thieves, liars, people who did things at night that were shameful. And even though these church leaders were also sinners, they deemed those sinners, bigger sinners. And so Jesus recognized the problem with this, and he's like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about this in a story. Let's see if you can get this. So that leads us to Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus told him this story. 
A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die, which was not custom at all. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. And I'm sure we can just do, 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 think of what that wild living was. It wasn't good. And about this time that his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And if I were in kids' church, I'd be like, Whoo, swept over the land. And he began to starve. Now, this, is just, this isn't just like, oh, I ate an hour ago, but it's the end of church and I'm starving, I'm so hungry. This is like a real desperate need of starving. Like, I haven't eaten and who knows how long. And he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. He had told himself that, man, he was no longer worthy, no longer wanted, and he was going to humbly go in and say, let me be your servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long ways away, his father saw him coming, and he locked the doors and hid. No, that's not true. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, with love and compassion, ran to his son and gave him a kiss. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. So he didn't walk in owning the place. He walked in humbly, saying, Father, would you please forgive me? But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe of the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this is my son. This son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So let the party begin. And this is usually where we stop. We talk about, of course, the father's love that was, that was God, right? The father of the two sons. And, and there's, there's some of us who have been faithfully living for God, doing the daily thing. I do my daily devotions. I forgive people. I am daily checking my fruits of the spirit. I could be more patient some days, right? Just going, doing the daily things, I'm living for the Lord. And then you have this family member. Do you have a family member that's just doing their own thing? The family member, the younger brother, that just goes and squanders it all and gets rid of it. And he's welcomed in to the father. And, and we love this story. It's beautiful because no matter what we've done, God still is always there for us. Aren't you glad for that? <laughs> Some days I don't have good days. And I'm like, God, thank you for always having your arms open for me. And we love that beautiful, beautiful story because it's the story of God's love for us is extremely beyond anything we can ever imagine. But the story continues. It says, meanwhile, in verse 25, the older son was in the fields working. 
And he returned home. He heard the music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed a fattened calf. And we're celebrating because of his safe return. Woohoo! And not even seeing his brother's face yet, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when a son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, I could just like picture God, like just patiently, my dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is already yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And that's the end of the story. The older brother actually misses out. The older brother is the one who did what was right, but ended up wrong because he chose the path of offense. He missed out on the party. He missed out on the good stuff because he chose to let that offense turn into bitterness. So his offense caused him to be judgmental and bitter. It's like, what is... What is my father? Oh, that brother of mine who's gone and wasted all my father's hard-earned money. He just judged him the whole way. And we can do that too. And he became bitter. His offense distorted his perspective. He only saw one side of the story, not several. He didn't see it as, oh, my, my brother who was once lost and was close to death is now alive and well. This is awesome. No, he chose the offense to distort his perspective and only saw himself. That leads us to our next point. His offense caused him to be self-consumed rather than focused on others. And we know that that is not the way that God wants us to and calls us to live. His offense resulted in a relational breakdown. There was no more relationship there. He refused to go inside to see his brother and his father because of the offense had just eaten away so much. And, and the, the fruits of the Spirit that God has so graciously gifted us and wants to see in our lives, bitterness is not among them. And in fact, I would say that it can't live with the other ones. Love, joy, peace. God calls us to be the peacemakers. So how we have this offense, we have this bitterness, we have this struggling with God, like, okay, there's the, there's the little things, but God, there's this really big thing. How do I get rid of this? What do I do? So we're guarding our hearts and our minds. This is what God tells us to do. Guard your heart and your mind. So I like to remember things. So I have five points as we um, finish and this is going to sound silly, but five, so the blanks in your paper is best poison room harboring blessing. Best poison room harboring blessing. Sounds weird, but that's how I remember it. So choose to believe the best, not the worst in every situation. When I have an offense with someone, uh, for me, I do not like to confront anybody that is not a confrontation person. It like 
makes you go like this on the inside, and you feel sick, and you want to run away, and you lose sleep about it, and you think about it way too much, and this little thing becomes this huge thing, when all you have to do is talk to the person, believe in the best in that person before you talk to them, right? Oh, I know that this person is my friend. I love them, um, and they love me, so I know that they're kind. I know that they're honest, and they want to see me thrive. Remember the good things, Remember the good things. Have the best intention. Believe in the best. Um, Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. When you, when you have an offense, honor the other person and take delight in honoring the other person. Isn't that such an um, opposite of culture way to handle things? <laughs> I don't want to tear this person down on Facebook. I want to encourage and honor them. Oh, crazy. Keep, and number two, keep pouring out the poison as you confront the root of offense in your life. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviors. So pouring out the poison. Okay, we get to this. How many of you have been wondering what's under here the whole time? I gave you ADD. Like, what is that? It's not a puppy and it's not communion. So I am a kids pastor and I like to bring object lessons because it helps um, everybody learn. So what I have here is I have this awesome jug right here. And this represents the poison that we drink um, each time we choose to hang on to the offense. So there's the little things like, oh my goodness, that person's driving was terrible. I think I should teach them how to drive because that was awful. And then you get all offended and, and you're all huffing and puffing to the next appointment that you go to. And then there's the offense in your own home. Woo. Some of y'all have a list. Um, my husband left the kitchen cupboards open again after we just talked about it two days ago. I need a little bit more for that. Um, and then we got to let go the little things of, oh my goodness, on vacation, this person did this without um, asking for my opinion. And that totally offended me and I'm all done right? But I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving. I, I got out all my poison. Um, I didn't harbor anything. We're good. I, I'm, I'm emptied out. And then I start to think, spend some time. And then, you know what? I'm still mad about that. So I still have to forgive. I still have to forgive. Okay. I did all my forgiving. The poison is out. I'm not drinking it anymore. And then there's that big thing. We've all got at least one big thing that you have to come back to repeatedly. Maybe it's been a couple weeks. Maybe it's been a couple months. Maybe it's been a few years. And what you thought was already done, the work you did to get you there, to get you in the place of forgiveness, guess what? Something happens, a holiday comes up, or you see the person in that light again, and you have more forgiving to do. More forgiving to do. And what you thought was done is a continued process. Because guess what, friends? As long as we live in a broken, fallen world that's imperfect people, including ourselves, we get the opportunity to continue to pour out the poison that says, you know what? I need to reflect. I need to do the digging, my soul searching, because the bad attitude that I just displayed on this kid has nothing to do with what's going on inside of me. And we continue to pour out the poison. And it continues to be a process our whole lives. Number three, 
Leave room for what you don't know. Leave room for what you don't know. Did you know that you can be getting the wrath of some, something from someone that has nothing to do with you? You say, man, that person's just a jerk and that's just who they are. Hm. They're never going to change. But if you stop to think about it, stop to ask, hey, are, are you okay? And they have just had the, ter- the most terrible morning. A lady who just had to change her outfit three times getting ready because the coffee got spilled on it, the baby spit up on it, and they're just having a frazzled morning and you got the brunt of it. Or someone who has lost their job and they're figuring out how to tell their family they lost their job and you happen to be right there when it just gets too much and they explode on you. Is it fair? Nah. But aren't you glad that God's not fair in his punishment to you? (laughs) He died for us took on our offenses, took on our sins, that we could have the new mercies every day. And we get to show that to everyone around us. Practice letting it go rather than harboring offense, even if you have to sing a silly song to help you get through it. (laughs) Instead of hanging on to that, Ephesians 4.32 says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Uh, we took a, a marriage uh, class, and um, at the end, they gave us this cheesy little red plastic heart. And they said, when you are feeling a little heated, feeling a little impatient, what I want you to do is I want you to take that red little plastic cheesy heart and remember that's her husband's heart. That's her wife's heart. I want to be so tenderhearted with somebody else that I really do believe they are a child of God. I really do believe they are my brother or my sister. Five, the last point, choose the high road of blessing. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. The super duper hard thing. Mm. Especially when that wound is deep. And the pain is real. Can you imagine praying blessings instead of cursing? God, I need you to pour down the wrath of God, strike through my lightning. That's easier to say in the moment. But, Or God, man, that person hurt me so much. But God, I, I don't want them to experience the same pain that I do. Would you bless them instead? How wild is that? May we be those who receive God's grace freely bringing freedom for our lives and giving grace freely, bringing freedom for others. There's a lot of freedom in forgiveness. You're no longer weighted down, no longer holding on to that bitterness. But you say, God, I forgive him. I'll let it go. So I want to jump back to the story of the prodigal son real quick um, before we wrap up. If you are in this room, if you can bow your heads with me, I just want you to think, If you're in this room and you're like, man, God is like that father of the son who took off and squandered everything and and he still loved him, still actively searched for him, still welcomed him with open arms, and you've never experienced that kind of love before, and you didn't know that Jesus died on the cross for you to take everything, man, God has made a place called heaven where he wants to spend eternity with you. And if that's you, you feel like the prodigal son, the son that took off and said, forget you, world. Forget you, God. 
and you want to come back this morning or, or for the first time, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. So if that's you in the room, I just want you to look at me or raise your hand and I can agree with you in prayer. So that's like the biggest decision we can ever make. Say, God, thank you for having your arms wide open for me. Thank you for having a place for me. And then for the rest of us, we can get like that older brother, like the Pharisees who were questioning Jesus as he was sitting with sinners. How dare he? And it seems silly, but we can find ourselves in the same exact situations. And we make excuses for it. Oh God, the pain was so deep. Oh God, well, you don't understand. And no, he understands. But I want to give you and me the opportunity today to say, Lord, man, thank you so much for your blessings and your mercies. Would you help me do the same? So if that's you today, you have something that you're holding on to, just in your mind, in your heart, or even physically, you can put out your hands. I like to hold out my hands, palm open, and just say, God, would you take it from me? I'm done harboring this offense. I'm done talking bad about this person. I'm done thinking bad about this person. But God, would you take it? Would you help me let it go? Well, Lord, we just come before you today, and we do just that. We let it go. God, we choose to no longer harbor our offenses. We choose to no longer be bitter. We choose freedom. We choose your new mercies every day. God, would you help us to be just like you in that? Help us to be forgiving. And Lord, as we continue on, help us to not drink that poison, but choose to be peacemakers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.